joined now by Kyle Yeomans from the Dallas Cowboys. And, Kyle, the uh, the Cowboys are at 1-1. One and one. That's the good news. The bad news is this is a team that just can't stay healthy and can't stay well right now with uh, with the COVID protocols and, and the injuries. Yeah, you really look at the list that I gave you guys last week around this time, and we were saying, oh, my gosh, why are there so many names on that list? Well, it, it keeps getting longer. Uh, you've got guys like Dorrance Armstrong and Carlos Watkins that are going to miss time, and all of a sudden your defensive line depth continues to look thinner and thinner as we get closer uh, to Monday Night Football. Of course, Keona Neal earlier in the week at the linebacker spot, he he's on the COVID reserve list, and maybe – unable to play Monday night. There's still a little sliver of hope that he could be ready to go. But Hey, hey uh, let me stop you right there, Kyle. W- yeah. Walk us through his situation. And he, he uh, apparently, if I understand it right, he is a player that's vaccinated. So what is his scenario to get back on the field? So you need to have symptom-free past five days of your initial failed COVID test. So if, the, if, he's a, if it's a positive COVID, or positive COVID test, I should say, uh, if it's five days past that point, then if you're showing no symptoms, you need back-to-back 24 hours apart uh, negative tests. You need to, to find a way to, to, to be negative on both of those if you're going to find your way uh, onto the active roster. And right now, I mean, the five days already is helped out just by the fact that they play on Monday night. And then the, the 24 hours apart apparently has not happened yet. And Last week we were seeing if Randy Gregory was active on Friday, he would be able to play. He was not active on Friday, did not have those, those negative tests within the 24 hours, nor did he uh, have symptom-free, or at least that was the, the report, just because he was inactive come game day. So I think tomorrow is really that day, make it or break it, for the Cowboys on whether or not uh, Neil will be back out on the field. And you could say the same thing about Bradley and I as well. All right, let's talk about the game uh, on Sunday. Uh, a, a lot of conversation, and, and rightfully so, I might add, about the way the 33 seconds was managed. What was your take on that? Yeah, I thought it was poorly managed, and I, I don't think that's a secret. I don't think Mike McCarthy is going to really say anything other than that. I, I think there was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of stuff overall that I don't think uh, – he was really ready for whenever it came down to the time. And, and it was like we talked about last week. It was something that we've seen from this coaching staff of the past. And of course, other coaching staffs previously as well is it's not easy to manage the time on the road. And in a new stadium like that, where there can be some malfunction, sure. You can have an easy excuse going one direction or the other, but uh, they weren't really making excuses. They were saying, hey, yeah, the clock was, was messed up. There was Kellen Moore trying to, to keep an eye on it, and then there was a, a, a little bit of a misconception there, and then uh, we mishandled it. So I think they owned up on it. They learned from it. Luckily, it didn't bite them uh, in that particular occasion, but I think later in the year, if something similar were to arise, I think they'll be better for it. Bottom line is Zerline was able to knock that field goal home and win the football game. Yeah, thank goodness. I mean, 56 yards is not an easy kick. And I know I, along with the rest of Cowboys Nation, was pretty nervous when he trotted out there uh, to try and kick it home. Now, there wasn't the threat of losing the game at that very moment. You you at least were going to go into overtime. But, man, that, that kick was as clutch as they come. And 
Uh, how about the, the level-headedness uh, from a guy like Greg Zerline, who's been in this league so long, but he had such a poor week one with the missed PAT, the missed field goal from 31 yards, and, of course, he missed a long one as well. To go back out there and to hit it again, I think that speaks a lot to him, uh, his work ethic, and then, of course, his short memory, because not everybody can go out there and hit a 56-yarder with nothing on the line, and at that point it had everything on the line for the Cowboys. Did you think the, uh, the the Chargers should have called a timeout? Uh, it, it's like they kept those timeouts in their hip pocket. Yeah, usually it's a use it or lose it sort of timeout deal. And I, I think it, whenever you're having the conversation about the about using a timeout and about icing the kicker, a lot of people anticipate that you're going to ice the kicker. So what good does icing the kicker end up actually doing? If you call that timeout, that was anticipated. So sometimes it's a little bit of a curveball, and especially from a new head coach that has uh, a lot of uh, new age ideas in, in Staley and in, in Los Angeles, maybe he just thought it was more of a changeup and more of in the mind of Greg Zerline to not call the timeout there. And you're anticipating it to be, uh, a stoppage in play, but instead he let it ride, and, and Zerline it wasn't phasing him either way. Yeah, I was just thinking in terms of call the timeout in case Zerline does make the field goal. At least you have a mm-hmm. few seconds to try to do something with, and I, even if it's a hail mary type play. But they they chose to let it run down as well, and and everybody agreed. Hey, let's get together for one final play, and away we go. And <laughs> Zerline was good with it. Yeah, and that's a good point as well. I mean, if they wanted to maybe have one shot at the end zone following the the missed field goal, but I think at that point they knew the Cowboys were kind of scrambling for time, and maybe they just weren't ready for it either. Maybe they weren't weren't ready for the clock to go all the way down. They were trying to get their own guys substituted on and off the field so that way they weren't penalized. Um, And instead, I, I think it was just mass confusion both ways, and then once the kicking unit finally made their way on the field, I think by that point they were okay with letting the kick go. Cowboys ran the ball very effectively in that football game. Yeah, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, the combination of the two has been thunder and lightning for a couple years now. But I don't know if I can go back to a game. Maybe Minnesota uh, last year, maybe San Francisco late in the year where it worked as well as it did this past Sunday. Uh, The fact that Tony Pollard can go out there and put up 109 yards, and then Zeke can still get his fill with 16 carries and 70-plus on the ground, a couple more receptions through the air. You have so many weapons on this offense that not everyone's going to have a big day every week. And I think these guys know that. They know that the most important thing is getting a win. And whoever rides or whoever has the hot hand is whoever this offense is going to ride. And I think that's a pretty good uh, idea of how to, to have some success. Talking with Kyle Yeomans from the Cowboys. Hey, and, Kyle, let's uh, turn our attentions to Monday night. Uh, what do you see happening in this football game, and what do the Cowboys need to do to be successful against the Eagles? Well, I think, first off, you got to bottle up Jalen Hurts, which is easier said than done for a quarterback that is just as dangerous through the air as he is on the ground. And, sure, he's an inexperienced quarterback. He's not as Uh, lethal of a weapon as maybe some of the high-end mobile quarterbacks like a Lamar Jackson or a Russell Wilson, but he does present that threat. And now that you're looking at a defensive line that is so depleted with injuries and 
and of course a little bit of uh, a COVID mixed in there as well, you're, you're going to have to do it with some of your back-end guys. I mean, there's going to be a lot of snaps in this football game for Randy Gregory, who will eat up the majority of the snaps. I think Azur Kamara is going to see a lot of time, and, and at, at least without Bradley and I now, I think Michael Parsons is going to have to play at the edge rusher spot again. And the Cowboys don't really want to tip their hand too much in what Mike is going to be doing on Monday night. But if uh, if it's anything like what we saw last week, he may have some success now that he does have a guy like Randy Gregory on the other side. But that's my biggest concern right now is allowing Jalen Hurts to have some time either to throw the football or to escape the pocket and run for some extra yardage because – if the Cowboys don't get pressure on him, then he's going to have a field day uh, just by his athletic ability. Yeah, we we were all screaming, "The sky is falling! The sky is falling!" And uh, <laughs> uh, when when Parsons moved out to defensive end, I was like, "Hmm, that's interesting." It, boy, but he was mm-hmm. special out there on that edge. Yeah, eight pressures last week. He's got ten pressures already, and if you want to count back to week one. Uh, the, he's getting a pressure on one of every four uh, snaps that he has a, as a pass rusher. And that's pretty impressive. That's the highest percentage out of guys who have double-digit pressures so far this season. Uh, and this is coming from a linebacker, so you know that's that's going to be uh, something somewhat of a worry for that Eagles offensive line that's banged up in their own right. I, I'm interested to see how they use him again because like i said yeah you're thin at defensive end but you're also missing neil who has played the majority of the snaps or the most snaps by any linebacker through the first two weeks of the year as well so with him not a factor or at least at, at the moment it doesn't look like he's a factor uh is micah parsons going to drop back and be as a, in that linebacker role like we anticipated him going into the year but you're right i mean the way that they were able to utilize him in week two was certainly uh, a positive point and it continues to show that his his stock is trending upward and it has uh no plans on slowing down just yet hey kyle where are you working at tonight so i've got parish episcopal and midland christian and then tomorrow night i've got uh espn plus for tarleton state and new mexico highlands there you go sounds like a lot of fun and of course the uh, the cowboy game on monday night uh, kyle yeomans we uh, we appreciate your time today as always Absolutely, guys. I'll talk to you again next week. There you go. Kyle Yeoman from the Cowboys with us as uh, as he is every Friday around 530. All right.